0: Six thirteen and a half on this Tuesday morning. Some drizzle already. If you're out there, be careful because it rained just enough to make the streets slicker than I don't know what. So a thirty percent chance for showers a day. Humidity's up. You'll feel that highs of seventy-eight. Tomorrow, highs of 80, storms late, 40% chance for those. Bit cooler Thursday, highs of 66, 20% chance for showers. Then for the weekend and parades, windy and colder. Friday, highs of 58, but you can bundle up. It's a lot better than raining. Sunny and chilly Saturday, highs of 52, and then Sunday, the jewel in the crown of the weekend, highs of 62 and plenty of sunshine. Right now, we're hanging at a, with some drizzle in the area. Again, be very careful of that if you're driving around because it didn't really washed the streets. It just kind of made an oily mess of it. 62 degrees. If you average the temperatures throughout the area, Peter Scharf joins us as he does every Tuesday morning, adjunct professor, criminologist at LSU Health New Orleans School of Medicine, Dr. Peter Scharf. Hey, Peter, how are you?
1: Hey, Tommy, how are you?
0: I'm okay. Tell me, uh, let me start with the usual question. Have we done anything substantively, anything... Um, that ha- will either change the leadership in NOPD as far as the nationwide search goes that has done to stem the attrition or um, aid in the, recruit- the recruitment of officers, slowed violent crime since last week.
1: Hey, uh, yeah, I quoted you in my uh, my blurb for you this morning. Oh, did you? And that's the right question. You know, it's the, the absolute right question, you know, Michelle Woodfork, the interim uh, chief, put out a plan, and the plan was, uh, and you and I have been asking for a plan for ten years, Mm -hmm. and we find there's a plan. You know, I I received it uh, yesterday, and um, you know, it's a process plan. It's building infrastructure, it's recruiting those kind of things. It's not clear how, in itself. It will reverse these murder trends.
0: It seems like what I you're should. describing, Peter, are goals more than a plan.
1: It's high level. That's fair, but there is a plan. You know, let's hey, let's take the good news. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the other thing uh, is uh, is I think the the question about when is this going to end? And we had 25 murders in in January, the month just finished. And that would extrapolate to 300 murders last year. We had 265 homicides, uh, 280 uh, uh, murders, 280 um, uh, homicides. So, if, you know, the the numbers are not yet promising. And the mayor, uh, you know, went on Face the Nation and said we'd kind of turn the corner. You were reducing murders. The question I wanted to ask you and the audience is, is there any evidence that that's true? And and that's a difficult question. It's partly statistical. They the other thing Well, let me let me
0: start to, here, Peter. Let me interrupt you for one second. Sure. And start here. All right, last January, how many murders do we have? This January, how many murders do we have?
1: I think it was 27 and 25 this year. But uh, I have to realize I want to double check that. But this well, I was retor- I'm looking
0: at the at the MCC stats here. And 2022 year-to-date says 28 um, homicides. I guess for January this year was 29.
1: At this point, right on yeah. the state. That's right. So it's flat, flat, even. Right. And so we do not yet have any evidence that we've turned the corner. And uh, you know, I, I, I you remember Bush on the cruiser in the Iraq War, Mission accomplished. In March of 2003. Right. 2003. We, we we're winning the war. Right, you know, mission accomplished. Later, they had the big so, sign up. Right, exactly. And four years later, they were killing each other. So you know, now is this kind of the same thing? Is this a premature declaration of victory, or is there substance that we're making progress? And that goes to the heart of your question: What have they done, and what are the results to date? And how would you extrapolate those results to date? To uh, you know resolving this horrible curse of violence in our city, uh, and, uh, the, and and you know that's what I hope we can drill down on today.
0: Well, how do you do that? Because you know uh, I guess is any is there any way that in one month you can tell if, if anything's a trend, if it's just an anomaly, if it's flat, because it's really not, right. not enough time to measure, right? I mean, these are isolated incidences, or each then, one, not and isolated, and then, but each one is an independent incident of the other, or not really, statistically?
1: they are absolutely right. Short, short data runs are worse than useless or m- misleading. The other problem is they change definitions. So, uh, you know, as an example, the Metropolitan Crime Commission, Raphael Glenn H., Molly Miller, they list in January 25 murders the city list nineteen, mm-hmm. and what they you know one of the things that happened was they ended counting on January twenty eighth, and on 20, January 29th, we had Bloody Sunday, mm-hmm. three people murdered. So statisticians know that where you begin and end your count is critical, and then you have another three three extra murders that are difficult to account for. So we one you need to count straight. And to determine if we're getting better or not, your question, and if you you know, and if those are squiggly numbers, and uh, you you've got a problem. So you know, one is truth to numbers, and then uh, as you're you've been arguing uh, interventions that the research says might work, and I'm not sure we have non-squiggly numbers or uh, research interventions that would produce
0: results. Let me take a break, Peter. We'll pick it up here. We'll come back. Carjacking, I do see, is way down. 57 of them in uh, January 2022, 22 in 2023. The numbers get confusing there, but uh, about half. And again, it's a short data run. I don't know if we can infer anything from that, if we can take anything positive from that, or... If it's less than useless, we'll find out. We come back, 504-260-187, if you have any comments or questions for Peter Scharf as we take our deep dive, as we do every Tuesday morning, into crime in the Crescent City. Traffic now, WWL. 625 Tommy Tucker, WWL. Quickly back to Peter Scharf, adjunct professor, criminologist at LSU Health New Orleans uh, School of Medicine. Peter, what about the carjackings? Is that... Um, Significant because it's, it's hard to say that a short data run is inconsequential, but then you want to believe it when the news is good, right?
1: Right, right. And, and you want to be very balancing this. And, and again, why is, is the, uh, district, the fencing uh, system, did that change the distribution center? Uh, getting when you jack the cars, you know, sell them somewhere. Something that we did at police, uh, public safety, and you really need to, one, well, follow it for a longer period of time, as you're suggesting, and then really begin to understand why, what changed, was this something we did, as it, this is your question, or is it uh, an artifact of something else? Well, one and, third option uh, I want to
0: throw in there, Peter, is that a change in, in reporting and how things are counted, because if that's the case, then it's just a statistical manipulation or a data manipulation that means really nothing.
1: Right. And, and that's where friendly numbers are exactly what we don't need. And uh, and, and again, the, the mur- you know, MCC having 25 murders, the city saying they're only 19, but it's when you start counting an end. And uh, you know, was this intentional or just the way they count? So you really, you really need to be very skeptical of the numbers and follow it over a long period of time. And and also, your question is a critical one: Is anything you did it reflected in this data? And that's uh, is it sampling error? What is it? Right. Mm-hmm. So you need to be uh, truth and numbers is all. Let's, let's see. The other thing is, compared to the rest of the country, 25 murders. Think about 25 murders in January. That's what, you know, MCC counts, mm-hmm. homicide. Okay, the question is, um, compared to any other city in the country, we're still astronomically at the top, and that's 300 a year, right? We're back to the 90s. So, you know, when you have, at a very high level, and, and you make a percentage reduction using percents is very misleading because you're from this very high base. And how, you know, and I don't think many people in the city are feeling a lot safer. And, uh, you know, until, you know, and then those, those uh, uh, that data is very important. Public perceptions of crime and what Point: of people willing to go out in the street? Are they willing to go out at night? Those kind of questions, you know, are very important. Well, somebody so texted some in, Peter. Please, if I
0: can, if I can jump in here for a second, sure, I don't please. think it's a bad text. Eight hundred seventy-one cars were stolen across, uh, according to MCC, in January. Uh, could you make an argument that no, they're not being jacked because they're just stealing the cars without people being in them? Uh, and and you can answer this when we come back in terms of criminology. Is there a distinction between carjacking and car theft? Is it a crime of opportunity? One of them involves violence. The other one is more passive, although it is a property crime. And I just wonder, as a criminologist, if you've studied that, if it's about getting the car no matter how, or is there something else involved there? We're taking our weekly deep dive into crime with Peter Scharf. Dr. Peter Scharf, adjunct professor, criminologist at LSU Health New Orleans School. A medicine, And we'll continue when we come back. And I think that is an important question, because if the goal for a criminal is to get the vehicle, well, then maybe they're meeting their limit or quota or however you um, would look at this by stealing the car in a nonviolent manner. And then if that is the case... Well, if the vehicles aren't available in a nonviolent manner, can we see carjackings go up again? We'll talk when we come back. 6.30, time for WWL First News. For that, we go to Ian Ozan. 6.43, 17 before 7, talking to Peter Scharf, adjunct professor, criminologist, LSU Health, New Orleans School of Medicine, as we talk about crime in the New Orleans area, and we take a deep dive. So let's take this deep dive. Peter, if you look at the Metropolitan Crime Commission statistics, um, carjacking is down from 61 percent from 57 last year to 22 this year. Again, a short data run, if you will. But 871 cars stolen in January. So that makes me wonder, OK, is the goal of the miscreants to steal vehicles? And if that's the case, are they opting to do it in a nonviolent manner with boosting cars or... Is it just that the opportunities are are not there for carjacking? I guess I'm wondering, from the mindset of the criminal, would they prefer to avoid violent crime if necessary and just steal a vehicle?
1: Well, I, not to be uh, sarcastic, but the idea that carjackers have grown a conscience—that's uh, not what maybe I said. A little. That's not no, what I said at realistic. all. It's all about pragmatism, yeah.
0: and I'm wondering if
1: right. No, it's convenient. It's definitely convenient. Yeah. The other thing, when you look at these numbers, and MCC does a great job. Um, you know, you yeah. You're down sixty percent from last year, but you double the rate from 2019 and 20. Uh, and you know they had they had 12 12 carjackings recorded. In uh, both uh, 2019 and 20, and now we had 50. Uh, now we have 22, so we're double that. So you have to look at a longer data comparison, also multi months, as you were suggesting. You know, but the issue of, you know, there's also a mystery fact. I think in in the question you're asking, why why jack the car with a person, and uh, rather than just grab the car it may be the gun is in the glove compartment. So what is the target really? What, you know, when you steal a car, what are you gonna do with it? Are you after the, the contents, including a, a Glock in the glove compartment? Or, uh, you know, what, what's the motive? And also the, the risks in terms of criminal penalties of carjacking uh, versus car theft mm-hmm. uh, may may convince some criminals mm-hmm uh, to grab, grab the car and pick up the people. Uh, but this is a, it's a, you know, great question. And, uh, you know, the key is look, you got, when you look at these numbers, you got to say not, uh, you know, uh, is it, uh, uh you know, better than the highest year we've had in history, but rather, oh, are we approaching safety. And and whether it's car theft or carjacking, and I think the answer is we're not yet to answer your fundamental question. And also the second part is just your question. Have we done the things to make ourselves safer? Have we boosted our police department Have we increased our technology capacity? Not enough to make a difference.
0: So what what is um, happening? Do you, do you have any idea? Does NOPD have any idea what's happening? To these stolen cars that are they, is there a massive chop shop ring running? Uh, are the cars recovered? Do people boost them for a joyride? Do they break in, look for guns, and then keep uh, take the car for a ride, drop it off? What's going on there? Do they know?
1: Well, the, the great the, the, some of the best detectives are car theft detectives because it's really an analytic enterprise. Mm-hmm. Uh, to catch anybody and you have to know distribution sources uh right now i i I do quite a bit of work as an expert witness and i think i have six carjacking civil liability cases i can't go into which ones Mm -hmm. but what's interesting also is the the people who commit these crimes are mostly adolescents and they, um, they suffer from educational deficits, mental health deficits, and behavioral deficits. So the other source point, I think, of this epidemic of, uh, of your car getting jacked, your Lexus getting jacked, is the untreated adolescents who uh, work in groups, they seek targets, easy targets of opportunity, and it may flip uh, between carjacking and car theft. But the other thing is who's doing this? So the, the, uh, the, the uh, car, auto theft, auto carjacking detectives, that's where they're gonna look, So, sort of who's doing this, and sort of is this a breakdown in our social system, family system, mental health system and juvenile care system. And that's the way uh, in these cases I'm working on. I think I have six cases like this. Um, You have to look at that as well.
0: I've heard it suggested that there are adults running these kids, almost like a Fagan-esque Oliver-type thing, where they're running the kids to steal the cars because the kids are going to face lesser penalties than the adults. Then the adults are benefiting from this, maybe sending the cars Overseas, sending them to chop shops, etc. Do you have any um, knowledge, any evidence that anything like this is going on, or it is it just joyriding or looking for uh, some kind of uh, I don't know if it's an initiation ride, if it's if it's a way to boost your street cred, or just something that a miscreant kid would do. Steal a car, take it for a ride, and then dump it off. Do you have any idea what the majority of the cases yeah, are?
1: And the the research suggests the truth to that the, the carjacking, especially, is a little more organized than you'd think. See, and again, you recycle the juveniles faster. They they uh, suffer. They get put out of action for a shorter period of time than what an adult. And also, it takes a certain amount of gumption to uh, jack these cars. And that fits the profile of these adolescents. And, and again, you know, this one case I'm working on, this kid, don't want to give away which case, uh, is lurking in the parking lot for half an hour, uh, shoots this guy actually as part of the carjacking process. But again, you know, even compared to other adolescents, this kid especially suffered from massive uh, mental health issues, massive, uh, uh, you know, uh, experiences in the juvenile care system. And, you know, it, this isn't every kid's thing. And it's also encouraged by adults. So it's both organized, but the commodity are these adolescents who actually do the jacking. That's All right,
0: what? let me let me take a break. We'll pick it up here, and the reason I'm asking that is if it is an organized ring, well, at what at some point you got to get to the organizers, or else it's going to go on forever. Six fifty one, nine till seven. Traffic now. Wwl. Six fifty six. Tommy Tucker. Wwl. A couple of minutes left with Peter Sharfett, drunk professor, criminologist at LSU Health New Orleans School of Medicine. Peter, I know you're involved in some civil cases, and I don't want you to violate. Any confidences, but do we have any knowledge of is is uh, our adults, uh, like an Oliver Twist thing, Dickens with Fagan, are running kids to steal cars? Is there an organized chain of this? Are the police... Aware of it because it would seem like if you got to, you know, what cut the head off the, the snake if you're going to kill it, right? So you're going to have to find out who's yeah. running these kids, or is there any evidence of that? Is it just a theory? What do you no, know?
1: You're, you're right on actually. Uh, and this is a system, and what the smart cops do in the cities that are successful in reducing the risk of this kind of thing when they go to sleep, they wonder, how do I put the system out of business? Right, and then the question is, do you try, you know, is it, we don't have enough cops to patrol our way out of this, right? So the chance of a patrol uh, catching somebody in an in-process carjack or car theft between slim and none.
0: Well, it's insanity, Peter. If you keep arresting these kids and they keep getting out and keep doing the same thing over and right. over, that's, that, that's nuts, crazy.
1: We need system approach, and if you fault the past administration, hopefully Michelle Michelle Woodfalk will do better. You don't hit the system, and you don't understand the problem. Both, you know, you uh, and, and 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 we flap. That's the, the truth. You know, you're absolutely right on. So, sort of, you know, you need the uh, analytics, sort of what are the source points and what's the best way to address it? Is it drying up the supply of uh, kids, adolescents uh, with these deficits? Is it uh, engineering better uh, technology to prevent theft, to prevent car, uh, alert police to the carjacking but but again, I think we've been short, on, just as you're suggesting, on analytics, and as a result, in different crime categories, we, you know, have these soaring rates. And again, you you say 22, be better than uh, 57, but almost twice as bad as 2019 and 2020. So when uh, crime rates are at the peak. You can't feel better about percentage decreases from the peak. you got to look at it uh, the other way and say, compared to other cities, compared to ourselves in other times, are we better or worse? And obviously something's going on.
0: Thank you, Peter. Appreciate your time. As always, Peter Scharf, adjunct professor, criminologist, at LSU Health, New Orleans School of Medicine, talking about you know, violent crime, and I know murder is more serious than car theft, but I think if you look at the numbers, uh, a vast, uh, a largely, a much larger amount of people are going to be affected by car theft than murder. Not to say that murder is not more important than car theft.